Welcome to the Harvest Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We hope that this message will bring healing and encouragement to you. Enjoy this week's message. Let's pray together a quick prayer to the Lord to help us. Our Father, we thank you for the joy we have in knowing you and allowing us this morning to come to celebrate your goodness and your faithfulness. We want to give you praise. Once again, we invite you to speak to us from the biblical text that you have for us as we complete the next lesson as to bring the book of Habakkuk to a close. So speak with us, encourage us, and may your name be honored and be glorified. In Jesus' name, we give thanks. Amen. Okay, let me start off by saying that I'm going to show some slides later as we move on. So I've been instructed if there is a slide, either say the next one, then the people there at the back will help us to move on. You will recall that I have started Habakkuk some weeks ago, and then this is the third lesson. We want to finish it and end with the book of Habakkuk. But before that, let us recapture the previous lesson. A recall, and in verses 1 to 4 of chapter 1, Habakkuk complained to God. As you can see there, Why? Why did you allow iniquities to go on? That's not you, Lord. You are holy. You cannot tolerate iniquities. That's what Habakkuk taught. And the Lord's response is in chapter 1 of Habakkuk, verses 5 to 11. I will judge iniquities. God is knowing and he will do something. And God assured Habakkuk, the next slide, God assured Habakkuk that he was already at work. He's already at work in ways that Habakkuk neither sees nor knows, and of course, he would not understand. And then number four, be it personal or national, God does care. I want to repeat, whether personal or as a country or a nation, God does care. But be it personal or national, yet again, God does care. Silence does not mean that God is absent. This is important. I know sometimes when we pray, nothing happens. We hear our own prayer and we are so glad to say, thank you Lord, amen, but nothing happens. But God knows and He is not absent at our call for him and to hear him. And for this, I want to say that we can be comforted. After all, God has sent Jesus to die for us. He will want to continue with us. So if there's silence, doesn't mean he is absent. He is with us and he is for us. Yes, amen. The key text in the whole book of Habakkuk is <clears throat> chapter 2, verse 4. The righteous shall live by faith. You can find this also in the New Testament. Romans chapter 1, verse 17. Galatians chapter 3, verse 11. And Hebrews 
chapter 10, verse 13. Finally, God is also known as Emmanuel. In other words, God is with us. He has never forsaken us in the first instance. He has deposited His Holy Spirit in us and through us. Slide 5. Now we go to our new lesson this morning, introduction. I want to pose a question. If your belongings were to be destroyed overnight, I wonder, I wonder what you would say and think and do. When the wealthy Job, I'm using an example from the story of Job, when the wealthy Job, J-O-B, lost all his ten children and all the properties that he had, Job stood up and tore his robe in great grief. Then he shaved his head and fell to the ground to curse God. No, 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 no. He fell to the ground to worship God in the midst of calamity. He said, I came naked from my mother's womb and I will be naked when I live. The Lord gave me what I had and the Lord has taken it away. I want you to see the sovereignty of God that was experienced by Habakkuk in such a dire situation, yet he honored the Lord in the way that he has done so. And the Lord gave what I had, and the Lord has taken it away. Praise be to the name of the Lord. That was, praise be to the name of in verse in the book of Job. In all of this, you and I need to know that Job did not sin by blaming God. He didn't do that at all. Job was inflicted. In addition to the death of the children and destruction of the, of the family, Job was inflicted with terrible boils throughout very painful, very uncomfortable. Job chapter 2 verse 7 has this to say. Satan did this with permission from God. Job, of course, didn't know. And then Mrs. Job came along. Are you still, are you still trying to maintain your integrity? <laughs> Curse God and die, you old man. <laughs> Curse God and die. But Job replied, You talk like a foolish woman. Should we accept only good things from God, from His hand, and not other things, especially the bad one? So in all this, Job said nothing wrong. He did not sin against God. And that is important, especially when we face terrible situation and we think that it's a punishment from God. But we need to be ever so careful and we can learn a lesson from Job to be careful with our thoughts and with our words. At the end, Job was blessed with all the ten children that was dead and were now alive again. God resurrected them. Let us see now how Habakkuk helps us to pray in faith and in trust 
in God. Amen. Let me read our text, and that will also be shown verses 1 to 7, Habakkuk chapter 3. I'm reading from the NIV. Chapter 3, verse 1, a prayer of thankfulness. I'm reading the text now. This is a prayer of the prophet Habakkuk. O Lord, I have heard of what you have done, and I'm filled with awe. Now, do it again in our times, the great deeds you used to do. Be merciful to us, we who are Malaysians. Even when you are angry, God is coming again from Edom, and the Holy God is coming from the hills of Paran. His splendor covers the heavens. Everything is under his care. And the earth is full of his praise. He comes with the brightness of lightning. Light flashes from his hands. And where there is... Sorry. There where his power is hidden. He sends disease before him and commands death to follow him. When he stops... The earth, the earth shakes. At his glance, the nation tremble. The eternal mountains are shattered. The everlasting hills sink down. The hills where he walked in ancient times. I saw the people of Cushion afraid and the people of Median tremble. This is the power of God who has come to nurture and to make good yet again when we have gone wrong. In our previous lessons, Habakkuk was shocked that God was going to use the merciless Babylonians under King Nebuchadnezzar to punish Judah. In verses 1 and 2, the prayer began with Habakkuk recalling God's action in the past. Yes, he heard of what God had done and he appealed to God to do it again in verses 2 and 3. God comes from Teman and was connected to Mount Paran. This was a broad region south of Judah, including Sinai. It was a reminder for the Israelites and for the Jews that they were delivered from the land of Egypt. The exodus from the land of Egypt to the promised land is very prominent and, if you like, the mainstay for the Jewish people even up to today. That is the most important thing for being delivered out of slavery from Egypt to the promised land. They would never forget that. Here Habakkuk is reminding the people in the situation of calamity and, and all kinds of difficulties, bear in mind that this is our stronghold. This is our God who is able to deliver us. So Habakkuk described the wonder of God's glory, yet the terror of his wrath. In other words, when he is really angry, something bad is going to happen. And this was for the case of the Egyptians. So I read again from verses 4 to 7. 
He comes with the brightness of lightning, like flashes from his hand where his power is hidden. Verse 5, he sends disease before him and commands death to follow him. When he stops, the earth shakes at his glance, the nations tremble. The eternal mountains are shattered. The everlasting hills sink down. The hills where he walked in ancient times. And I saw the people of Cushan, Habakkuk is reporting this, afraid and the people of Midian tremble. There is a sense of awe, deep sense of awe in the presence of God and they need to recognize that. And Habakkuk recalled recall the God of glory and the mercies of God's people. But also the God of terror for those who are evil and unrighteous. It was a prayer of thankfulness to God and for God's faithfulness to his people in the past. We must remember that. Not a complaint, but a prayer a call, a reminder, and to remind ourselves this is God's faithfulness for us. Next slide. God has come in Christ Jesus with mercy, grace, love, hope, and forgiveness for each one of us. In our walk with the Lord of splendor, what expressions of faithfulness has He shown and bless you individually or collectively as a church or even as a family. I appeal to you, sit back some time, if not most of the time, especially when we come to prayer and want to meet with him. Recall, recall and praise God. Recount all his goodness and give thanks to God. That helps us not to be lured away by Satan or things that we want to think, but to move back to this God who is truly our God, enough to send his son to die for us in Christ Jesus, and even after that to raise him up that we can be alive again, and more than that, he leaves the Holy Spirit to live in us and through us. And that's really powerful. So try to recall try to count again God's goodness and faithfulness, thereby re-strengthening our faith in our Lord at all times. Now I'm going to read uh, chapter 3, verses 8 to 15, a prayer of thankfulness for the present. Was it the rivers that made you angry, Lord? Habakkuk asked. Was it the sea that made you furious? You rode upon the clouds. The storm cloud was your chariot as you brought victory to your people. You got ready to use your bow, ready to shoot the arrows. Your lightning split open the earth. When the mountain saw you, the mountain saw the Lord, and the mountain trembled. Water poured down from the skies. The waters under the earth roared, and the waves rose high. At the flash of your speeding arrows and the gleam of your shining spear, the sun and the moon even stood still. You march across 
the earth in anger. In fury, you trampled the nations. You went out to save your people. Listen now. To save your chosen king and people, you struck down the leader of the wicked and completely destroyed his followers. Your arrows pierced the commander of his army when it came down like a storm to scatter us. Gloating like those who secretly oppress the poor, you trampled the sea with your horses and the mighty waters foam. Again, Habakkuk reminds us of the Exodus. It is so important. It is central for the life of the Israelites, even up to today. Habakkuk was referring again to the activities of God in getting his people out, in wanting to save his people at all times and even at any other times. He rode upon the clouds. The storm cloud was your chariot. He brought victory to his people. He brought victory to his people. Christ did not only die and buried and never got up. He did and was resurrected for us as well. Again, let me just say one or two and move on. At the flash of your speeding arrows and the gleam or the glow of his shining spear, even the sun and the moon stood still, meaning God is in charge. After all, the creation was done by him and he is able to be in charge. You march across the earth in anger, in fury, you trample the evil nations. And this is a reminder and a powerful one that God does care and he marched out. He marched out. He didn't just drag his leg. He marched out actively to defend and to guard his people. Can I say, even today, we may not know it, but God is able to do it. Slide. In verse 13, God went out to save his people. God went out to save us. I've already hinted this. Only he can save us. One, first we were created by him in God's image. We sinned because we rejected God. And the result of sin is death. Jesus was sent by God to replace us on the cross. Sent us to die so that he can forgive our sins and we can return to him. Christ is our savior. This all is elementary, but Habakkuk at that this all is elementary. At that time, is reminding his own people when they face calamity that, hey, look back to who God is and what he can do. Don't forget that. Don't concentrate on the calamities, but concentrate on this God who is able, far more than able, to do anything for us. So I want to say this morning, if you are among us, and not believing in God as your creator and redeemer, this is a great opportunity because he has come to love us and save us from damnation and giving us the opportunity of a new life. 
Even if you are a Christian and you need, you and I need to move on a little more. Come, Jesus is inviting us yet again this morning. Come home, as it were, to the Father. Come home. Welcome Him by receiving Jesus yet again. Jesus Christ is our Savior and our Lord. The next slide, probably there is a mistake there. Let me say this is 2.3. A prayer for faithfulness for the future, not the present, okay? For the future. This is verses 16 to 19 of chapter 3. Let me read the text. Verse 16. I hear all this and I tremble. My lips quiver with fear. My body goes limped and my feet stumble beneath me. I will quietly wait for the time to come when God will punish those who attack us. Even when the fig trees have no fruit and the grapes are not growing on the wines or no fruits on the wines, even though the olive crops fail and the fields produce no grain, even though the sheep all die and the cattle stalls are empty, I will still be joyful and glad because the Lord Savior. That's very important. The Lord God is my Savior. The Sovereign Lord gives us strength. He makes us sure-footed as a deer and keeps us safe on the mountain. This is a picture of rough terrain, but showing us how the sheep and the goat are very stable while they are running all about. But God is far more able to do that, to enable us to be on stable land, as it were, and looking to Him to help us, to encourage us all the more to come near to Him and call upon His name. And with the fact that the Lord has shown Himself to be faithful in the past, He will be faithful now in the presence and also in the future and shown Himself victorious in the present, verses 8 to 15, and also hopes for the future, chapter 3, verse 19. The next one, please. Habakkuk declares with great confidence. I love this. Verse 18. I will still be joyful and glad because the Lord, the Lord is my Savior. I will be happy and glad. Verse 19. The sovereign Lord gives me strength. He makes me like the sure-footed deer and keeps me safe on the mountains, which I mentioned earlier on. Safety, strength, and stability. Safety, strength, and stability comes from the Lord. Listen now. If there is no crop, no fruit, no grain, no meat, no bakute, Oh, yeah. Did I say that? <laughs> yes, Krang, Bakute, no? 
and every other important essentials, may we be able to still say honestly, we will still be joyful and glad. Why? Because He is God and He is our Savior. There is none other. The Sovereign Lord give us strength. He make us sure-footed. I'm repeating myself from the text that we will not sleep unnecessarily. When we walk with the good Lord, He will empower us with strength, enable us to be sure-footed. Many of us here are parents and grandparents and maybe even great-grandparents. When we see little baby, oh my goodness, help him all, cannot leave him alone, he will fall. But as he learns and she learns, this is the way of the Lord for us as well. He is there watching us, guiding us, just in case we stumble. His hands is long enough. His feet is long enough or fast enough to come and hold us up. This is the love of God in every way possible. From the moment we are His to the day He welcomes us and receives us. I may be repeating, but I want to do that consciously to let you know that the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ in saving us is this God who will not give birth to us and then, okay, la, you go on. La. You like that, you go. La. You don't like that, you join this. La. No, no, no. This is the God who is the Lord from the beginning right to the end and will not leave us alone because He loved us, created us, died for us, resurrected for us. This is our God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Summation, the next one, and conclusion. Oh, you'll be glad to hear this. <laughs> yes, we can continue to trust God. This is one God who is trustworthy. He's the faithful God even when all odds seems to be against us. In this third chapter of Habakkuk, he showed us the importance of one being thankful of what God has done for us. I'm not pointing finger at anyone. I know I experienced this too. Sometimes when things go bad, you know, I, I'm discouraged, then don't feel good for the day. And then when the dog barks, I shout. <laughs> you, know, you just disturb me. <laughs> or things are not right, we get angry or easily grumpy. No, we shouldn't be. But the grace of God precisely uphold us. And we can be thankful of what God has done already for us. Christ has overcome Satan. He has saved us. Jesus has saved us from our sin. And learn to be thankful in small things. And then when we come to big things, it's so much easier. Be thankful for the right thing to the right people. Be thankful of God's past activities in our lives so that we can 
be reminded and be encouraged yet again. This assures us we can continue in His grace and not block the Spirit of God in our lives. Be thankful because this will assure us we can continue in His grace and in His truth. So, be thankful for the past and the present indeed will encourage us to move on. This God is not going to go away without us. This God is going to stay with us and encourage us at all times. In the end, come what may, God has proven himself to be faithful and he can be trusted. Why? Because God will not deny himself. And that's important. And he forsake us in the wrong way. He will not, but just imagine that he will forsake us. Then he is no longer trustworthy, a God like him. That's why God is not like that. Our God is not like that. We have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I want you to know God is with us whether the time is bad or good. He is with us. He is our everlasting God. After all, His name is Emmanuel. We have been singing that also. God is with us. That's what Emmanuel means. God is with us. We are His people, provided we continue to trust in the faithfulness and the mercies of God. We are able because He has saved us in the past, He is with us now in the present, and He will guard and guide us in the future to face all kinds of situations. So let me round up Habakkuk. There are three things that I want to mention. Slide number 14, one. God says, sorry, God's ways are sometimes mysterious, but they are not manor, but they are guided by His character. God cannot change. Justice on earth does not mean that the innocent will not suffer. No, but God will be with those who suffer. And that's very comforting. We may not know, but when we call upon the Lord, He is there for us and with us. Um, we were waiting out there at the door to welcome people. One of you here uh, was a lady and is a lady. He shared with us, we were so delighted. She had pain in the shoulder, cannot lift up her hands at all. And then prayer. It's not the prayer that counts. It's the prayer to the Lord who is of utmost concern for her. That she was able to raise both hands up. Hallelujah. This is the way of the Lord. There may be suffering. But bear in mind, God suffers with us and He already did that on the cross by Jesus Christ on our behalf. 
and He will be there with us and for us. Slide number 15. The just shall live by faith. God's power and God's mercy give strength to face the future and the present difficulties. What does it mean to live by faith? The key text that we had mentioned just now. Habakkuk 2 verse 4. The idea is that all of us who are here, I take it that we are all Christians. We are sons and daughters of the living God. And we have faith in Him. That's why we became His children, He are His Father. And God will not at any time cut this loose so that we are on our own. No matter in what situation, we continue to learn to please the Lord and honour Jesus Christ and walk a life of holiness and righteousness before Him, before one another, that is what it is required, walking in faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And it is in this whole situation, we have that faith. And that becomes a life. And when there is difficulties, that helps us to move on and to know that underneath us, the power of His hand holds us up and move on in this life to the praise of His glory. Amen, amen, amen. Think about that. In this way, come what may, we have faith, we have love, we have hope, and we continue with our God, our Father. You know, we not only have the Father, we have the Son. We not only have the Father and the Son, we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us now and forevermore. You know, which God that we know has all these things that are mentioned in the Scripture for us. He does a complete work from beginning to the end. Like me, I dare not say some of us. Sometimes we do things halfway, ayah. Sometimes I prepare my sermon, not very happy with it. You crumple all the papers, start all over again. <laughs> Our God is not like that. He will continue to walk with us, restore us, move at the pace that we can move with Him and also for His honour and His glory.